Welcome to the Good Athlete Podcast, the voice of the Good Athlete Project. Hi, everyone. Today, we're talking with Mike Jennings, Director of Physical Education and Character Development at Athlos, an educational service provider. In this role, Mike provides virtual and on-site professional development and support for physical educators in all things movement, fitness, physical activity, and coaching. He is also a regular presenter at local, state, and regional conferences. His presentation topics have included showing long-term student and athletic growth, assessment and feedback, and use of data in physical education and curriculum development. He has a master's degree in both secondary education with a focus in curriculum and assessment and exercise physiology. He is also a certified strength and conditioning specialist through the National Strength and Conditioning Association. And with that, let's get into the episode with Mike Jennings. We're going to jump right into potentially provocative statements. So, so don't hold back. We can edit out whatever we need to. Uh, what do you see as gaps in current practice? And actually, because of the nature and the spirit of, of what we're doing, let me let me preface it with, um, you know, I say this at, at, at all the AFERD clinics that I, you know, that you and I get to present at. Um, I, I am not a physical educator. I'm, I'm not qualified to do it. Number one, I didn't go to school to do it. So I don't have that qualification. But also, I, I give that preface because, uh, you know, when I present to these conferences, like, you know, you know, my advocacy on behalf of physical educators and for the space is, is not tied into my job. This is not, a, this is not self-serving, not, not that other people are self-serving, but, but I just have no association to it other than I truly, truly believe that number one, physical education, health, like that's the subject that everyone should be an expert in, you know what I mean? If, if we're trying to teach life lessons uh, or, or just educate people well, you know, some people are going to love math, statistics, philosophy, science, uh, and that's fine, but everyone should have, have, have a quality understanding of physical education and health. It's the only subject that applies to everyone moving through the, system, the educational system, period. So I, I, I just really... I almost got up on a soapbox there, Mike. You know, because now I'm thinking like, how how possibly could could we be questioning its validity or or or, or questioning whether or not we should fund it well and things like that? So, before I go down that road, I'll just say as a preface, um, we we believe in PE and health teachers. We, I, I love the platform. I think there's incredible potential in the space. With that recognition, um, I think you and I would both agree that an honest assessment of the space you know, including maybe opportunities to grow and, and potential shortcomings is what's going to take us to the next level. Um, so, so where do you think those opportunities are from in, in current practice as you see it? Yeah. So uh, that's, that's a great question. And like you said, I could go on about this for a long time. So by all means, stop me or, or barge in when you need to. I'm um, excited. I, so in, in to start, start off, I'm very much a non-traditional um, educator myself. So I did spend, you know, the better part of a decade teaching physical education at the secondary level. Um, but I, like I said, I graduated from Illinois College with a exercise science degree um, and then went into coaching right away because I didn't really know what I was going to do or what I wanted to do. Um, right when I started coaching, I ended up starting a my first master's degree in secondary ed with an emphasis in curriculum, instruction, and assessment that also added to, you know, that also provided me a teacher licensure. Um, I always thought that education of some sense would be something that I would be interested in. Both my parents are retired math teachers. 
So mm-hmm. I kind of thought like, hey, you know, like math, I, I like math. Maybe I could be a math teacher. Yeah. Um, but it was when I was overseas and I had that kind of epiphany, like, oh, my gosh, like, here's what's going on. Then I started kind of leaning towards, well, maybe like physical education. And plus, I had an exercise science degree, so I didn't need to take any more classes to get right. that licensure. Right. Um, so I kind of just stumbled backwards into being a physical educator. I student taught at, um, at Monticello High School in, mm-hmm. in Illinois and really just loved it and thought it was great. And so I was like, I just, I kind of lucked into a passion, right? And, um, but I think because of my experiences with sport and because of my experiences with exercise science and because of my experiences overseas or, or coaching, I, that opened my eyes to what I think of now as several gaps in physical education. Um, maybe the, maybe the biggest one, I think there's a, a, maybe not even a gap, but at times a Canyon in between traditional PE and exercise science or exercise physiology. Um, Hmm. you know, we, we ask these, we could ask questions of physical educators that we feel like we should know. Um, and potentially they don't have an answer for it. They don't know. Maybe it's a, maybe it's movement methodology, you know, teaching basic foundational movements or, um, and I'm not talking fundamental movement skills like skipping or running. I'm talking foundational movement skills like um, squat, lunge, hinge, push, pull, you know, brace, things along those lines. Um, and so there's this gap between this understanding and we could get into topics like, you know, heart rate monitoring, physical activity monitoring, you know, all those types of things. We, we could go there, but I don't even necessarily think we need to. I think that that's one thing that stands out to me. The yeah. next thing that stands out to me is very rarely, and I have conversations with a lot of physical educators, very rarely do, do physical education programs treat themselves or view themselves as they should. And what I mean by that is, a K-12 PE program in a school district has the potential to impact a student's growth and development for 13 years, mm-hmm. right? And 13 years, we're all on the same team, PE teachers. You were on the same team, coaches. 13 years is longer than most kids will spend in any club sport. It's longer than most professional athletes will spend on any one team, unless you're, you know, some of these outliers, you know, the right. Drew Breeses and, and, Tom Brady's and stuff like that, but like you don't you don't see people in the same program for that long more often than not, um, and so we need to recognize that as physical educators and say, okay, what needs to be provided to these kids early? What needs to be provided to these kids in the middle? What needs to be provided to these kids at the end to engage them and encourage them to participate fully or to enjoy or, and, or to understand the benefits, the reasons, you know, have the motivation, have the confidence and competence to, you know, be active, be healthy in whatever way they choose to do. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I quickly realized that very few times does an elementary PE staff meet with the middle school PE staff. And very few times does the middle school PE staff meet with the high school PE staff. So we have that constant kind of sense of I'm doing this because it's what I do, not because it's what the students need moving forward. And then Mm -hmm. we have from the other end, we have the same thing. It's like, 
well, what are these kids being taught down there in elementary school? Because they get up to me and they can't even skip. They can't even throw. You know, it's all this kind of like anger, this kind of angst towards other groups that are in the same program that have the same goals as, as you do. You know, we have that as, you know, as a strength coach and I did some strength conditioning when I was in Illinois or strength conditioning coaching when I was in Illinois as well. You know, we're probably, you and I coach, we're probably guilty of saying, oh man, I wish I had this kid two years ago because he would be, he or she would be, you know, way up here, you know, the potential is through the roof, but I just needed a little bit more time before they graduated, right? Like we say that, well, in PE, we get that time, but we don't take advantage of it, Mm -hmm. right? And so having some type of vertically aligned and developmentally appropriate plan or framework or guidance, I think is, is something that we, we drastically miss. So that's, you know, those are the first two. I told you I could go forever. So those are the first two. Okay. So, so can I touch on, those are the first two. Can I touch on it real quick? So um, the first one, um, a canyon between traditional PE and exercise physiology. I think that's, I hope I'm not misquoting you. No, that's good. Uh, I, I see it. And we talk about, I, you know, I, I see that, you know, I, like squat, lunge, hinge, push, pull. These are, these are, in my opinion, essential capacities. We call them the phonics of movement. We just, you know, they're, they're the pieces of athleticism that, that ought to be built and encouraged and done well. Like, you can't turn up the intensity on on anything until you you know you understand to go back to the phonics metaphor like sentence structure and grammar and stuff like that before you can write your your athletic novel so to speak so I agree and and I think maybe the answer to that question is in your secondary concern which is there's not enough as you put it vertical alignment at a district level uh, I agree with you completely uh, I I wonder now so. Within that, where is the gap within that gap? Meaning, um, whose shoulders does it fall on to like bring the district together? Like, you know, do we not have enough people at a district level who can see this as a 13-year arc? Or, it, you know, should it should it be, you know, the elementary school reaching out to the middle school or the the, the high school reaching, you know, down to the younger ages and like like who's yeah. How do you think that could all come together? Yeah. And I think this is, this is a little bit of a cop-out answer. So I apologize, but it's, it's a little bit of everything, right? Like yeah, I, at, at, right. The school, at the school leadership level there, I don't believe that there are enough people that understand physicality and physical activity in general. Right. I, I think unless, that's totally fair. Unless you've been living under a rock for the last three decades, you should know that physical activity is important for the holistic development of young people, right? You should know that whether you're talking about academics, social, emotional, um, behavioral, attention span, health, wellness, all those things, right? You should know, you should understand that. But what they don't understand is how to provide the appropriate experiences to elicit those responses from the young people in our buildings. And that you need this overarching plan. You know, think of it from from a weight room perspective, right? You're not just going to throw a kid in that's never been in the weight room under a bar and say, okay, max out squat today, right? Right. Like, that's just not safe. It's not smart. It's not good for the kid. The kid's going to, you know, 
hope if he's if he's healthy afterwards, he's still he's going to be bummed out. He's not going to have any idea. There's all sorts of things that we need to do, right? We need to lay the foundation of, you know, understanding that yeah, you're not going to be as strong as that senior up there. So don't compare yourself to the number of plates on the bar, right? Mm -hmm. So that's one thing, right? We also need to talk about how to behave in the weight room. You got to clean up after yourself. You got to be smart. You got to use a spotter. And then it's a matter of now we got to teach you the movement. Now you got to understand right. how to do it appropriately. Right. So there's all these things that go into go into it. It's no different than physical activity or physical education should be, but nobody at the district level, very rarely at the district level, do we see that. Then at the same time, on the flip side of the coin, a teacher, they're busy. PE teachers are are busy. They're, you know, and and yeah. there's obviously there's there's lackluster PE teachers, just like there's lackluster history teachers and science teachers, right? You're going to get that regardless. But the good ones, they have a lot of stuff they got to do. And they got right. to do, they have a lot of responsibilities. And it's easy to think about my silo. It's easy to think about my school and how can I provide the best for the students now. But the unfortunate part is we have to think about the long term because things change, right? And, and the kid now, if you're in it to get a kid, if you're in it to get a third grader like fit or healthy, you're in it for the wrong reason. Because that kid, you have no control over what's going on at home. And you have no control over what that kid's genes are like. You know, like they're in third grade. A lot's going to happen when they hit puberty. A lot's going to happen after puberty. You know, like there's, there's all sorts of things that we need to keep in mind. And so we need to, with that in mind, we need to be like, okay, I'm an elementary PE teacher. The best thing for my student is to prepare them for, you know, the future. What is that going to take? Well, what's the future? Middle school. Okay. Mm -hmm. So let's, maybe we should reach out to the middle school and collaborate. Um, you know, what are you doing? What should I be doing? What do you think? I really think this is beneficial. Do you think you could have a plan for this when kids get to you? You know, just very simple back and forth. Um, is a, an easy starting point, but it's just necessary. And unfortunately, I just don't think it happens. I don't think it happens a lot either. And it, it reminds me of essentially the mantra of the Good Athlete Project, which uh, it, it falls under the category of what we call practical mindfulness. And and our mantra, like our, our guiding question is always, does your behavior match your goal? And I think what it seems to me is that maybe not enough people are saying that their goal is to create this 12 year, 13 year uh, progression, you know, if, and if we don't have, if that's not the goal, then how could we ever assess ourselves against it? You know, the goal instead becomes, you know, and which and it, and it could be a totally valid goal. I want them to come in. I want them to have a good time. I want them, you know, the kids to, to hang out with each other, you know, play, play kickball and enjoy themselves. That's a fine goal. It's a totally fine goal. And then your behaviors would map onto that. But I wonder if it does take someone like, yeah, you know, this is a plug for you and for the Good Athlete Project, kind of, because I, oftentimes that, that's the value of consulting oftentimes is that, you know, it's the reason that that Fortune 500 companies pay hundreds of thousands of dollars to bring in outside consultants. Sometimes it does take a not only a fresh pair of eyes to see the gaps, you know, and the opportunities that exist within them, but also to have a little, you know, the, the bandwidth. Right. They don't have to submit, you know, they have to don't they don't have to deal with the facility schedule. They don't have to, you know, go to all these extra committee meetings. They don't have to deal with parents and you know they can just sort of sit and think with people and ultimately build out a plan like that. That's I don't know. Would you say that that could be valuable in a district? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and 
because those types of conversations, like you said, a scene with a fresh set of eyes, scene with a set of eyes that can actually see all the corners, right? Because it's hard. Like, like we talked about earlier, it's hard to see all the corners. If you're an elementary school PE teacher, you know, you've got, you know, 60, some, you know, sometimes 70 kids in a class, sometimes more that are just yeah. running around like bumblebees, right? And you're trying to corral them and trying to get them to do things and try to have them be safe and have fun and things. And that's on a daily basis. And right. then you're trying to also like you in, with the mind's eye thinking, okay, what's going on in the middle school level, what's going on at the high school level, the high school is oftentimes focused on their own thing because I mean, obviously there's a big difference. There's different offerings. There's all sorts of stuff. Right. Um, but having somebody that can see all of that is, is really beneficial. And like you said, I really like that. Does your behavior, uh, and I said, I said again, does, does your, your, behavior, does your match behavior match your goal? Your goal? Yeah. And so, and I don't think it does for the most part to nobody's fault because they think they can only work in that little space. Right. Whereas if you were to ask any PE teacher um, from the same school district or different school districts, what their goal of their PE class was or their PE program was, I'm willing to bet that the vast majority of them would say something along the lines of, I'm, I want to promote happy, healthy movers for life or something, right. you know, like, or physical activity participants for life, right? So anything along those lines, but the key word there is for life. Right. And yet we get Fair. stuck thinking about the right now. So right. our goal is good, but our behavior is, is too nearsighted, right? So we need 100%. to think about the things that we're doing. How, do, how does the now affect the then? Right. I, I think you're so right. And I'm, I'm just going to throw all these sort of, they're not cliches, but uh, they're cliche in our circle because I use them so much, but these are just sort of our guiding ideas. We, we talk often about um, how it, it is, you, it's difficult to be a firefighter and an engineer at the same time. And every situation, every organization, every team, whatever, you, you need, you probably need the skills of both. But if you're doing a lot of one, you can't do the other. You know, they're both super necessary. Um, does that, I don't know if that makes sense. You mentioned this, you know, 60 kids running around, like, you know, putting out fires is a little dramatic, but I think you get the idea. You're running around, you're controlling, you're corralling, you're, you're uh, oftentimes you're the energy catalyst of a, of a given room and, and you're, you're responsible for so many of these that it's hard to pull back and be the engineer or the architect of a long-term plan. Right. And, and I think, you know, I mentioned bandwidth. I know that happens to people. I think it's one of, you know, from from my experience, we work with a lot of high school teams. I think a lot of high school head coaches find themselves in that position. Oftentimes they they know that they they have to develop good relationships with like junior high and youth leagues. Right? And, and they know that, um, you know, to to design a um, even just a plan for one game. You know, there's a lot of engineering, architecting going on, but there's at the same exact time, a ton of uh, firefighting. Right. You know? So, yeah, it can be a, it can be a very real challenge. So absolutely, bringing in an outside engineer might be helpful every now and then. I couldn't couldn't agree more. I like it. The um, OK, so sorry. So we, we talked about the two major gaps. Um, I, I'm, I'm on board with you fully. I think I cut you off though. Did you see, are there more gaps or more uh, areas that you think that like there are significant opportunity to improve? In physical yeah, education? And, I, 
Yeah, I do. And I think that there's, we kind of talked a, a little bit about, about the next ones is we kind of, we get stuck in our little areas, right? Yeah. Our little silos, our echo chambers, whatever you want to call it, our schools. Um, and we kind of, so at times we resent the idea of getting help or hearing mm. ideas of how to do things from other people. Um, yeah. And, and I, I, I not trying to be rude or anything to anybody out there, but we have all of this talk about advocating for PE and advocating for PE and we're doing all these things, but it's, this sounds like more of the same. Um, and where has that gotten us? Right. It's, mm. I mean, it's, it's gotten us and probably a worse spot than we were years ago. Right. We have mm. fewer PE classes daily. We have fewer PE classes meeting the recommended daily uh, minutes for a physical activity. We have fewer hours or excuse me, minutes of recess. Uh, we're, we're sitting stagnant in schools. Like we're so we're not getting anywhere by speaking all the same to the same people. Sure. At the same time. Right. And, um, you know, we, we need to branch out. We need to ask, we need to talk, we need to learn, we need to listen, we need to speak at different places with different people, um, communicate with coaches more. We need to engage other stakeholders more. We need to, you know, rather than just saying, Hey, this is really important. Hey, administrator, this is really important. Hey, you know, whatever. We just need to be able to have the conversations and get out of our silos um, more often than we do, in my opinion. Can I throw this at you? So I, I, I agree. You, you tell you again, going back to your initial idea of moving the needle, like oftentimes this is what I've seen in a lot of different realms. You know, we get, we get very tied up in sort of proving that what we're doing is worthwhile. And often, and, and I can't help but think of, and this is actually something very real in the support that we often provide for people. You know, you're proving this to whom? Like, who, who, are, who are you sharing with this with? And um, if you say it's with, like you said, if it, it, identify the other stakeholders. Are you trying to convince uh, the coaches in the school that we need a broad scale, you know, or, or, or you know, we, we need a strength and conditioning program to support your athletes and we're going to house it in physical education. And here's how I think we can collaborate on it. Or, or, or is it administration where, you know, we can't cut uh, fifths or sections or, or, or like we, we need this. Here's how and here's why. Um, I, I wonder if we do the job of projecting one or two steps further down the line. I don't know the answer, but I'm just going to share. What we're really trying to do is motivate an administrator to make a oftentimes financial or system level decision, you know, that is different than the path that they're currently on. So, and then you come back to, okay, so, well, and what is motivation? Well, motivation is alignment with one's motives. So like you said, the echo chamber, are we too in a silo? Are we too much over here? Sort of uh, trying to provide proof that what we're doing is valuable without taking into consideration the motives of these other folks, right? If we really do want to move the needle, as you say, then we don't need to prove it to each other, at least, and to be totally clear, at least not in the circle that's our, that's doing it well, right? Because like you said, there's, of course, there's a spectrum of, of you know, how, how well these, these things are administered, but like at least within the physical educators and health teachers who are doing this well, and there are, and that, that, that I'm talking about probably hundreds of thousands of people, right? 
at least within that circle, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be any more proof to one another. A sharing of ideas, absolutely, but proof to one another, I think we've done that. The question now becomes, um, as you say, who are the other stakeholders? I, I can't leave this point either. You know, um, If we ever want to do that, I think it's important to address a very real sort of uh, personal psychology component of our own personal psychologies, which is you mentioned that people sort of resent the idea that they would need help. And I, and, and that, that idea maps on, I think, to what I just said, like, instead of trying to prove that we are good, you know, and, and you know, we, we, we don't need outside help. We don't need to look at these other, in these other areas. This is what we're doing. This is why it matters. You know, we need to, I think, break out of that, recognize opportunity for growth, as you say, meet with other stakeholders, identify what their motives are, connect the dots. And even as I'm just sort of spitballing this with you, I go back to our previous point, which is, man, that takes, that takes a significant amount of engineering. And if you're, if you're answering, you know, if you're meeting with five different classes over the day and writing curricula uh, and, and talking to parents that, that do we have the space for that? which is a valid, you know, it's a valid question for a, for a teacher to ask. Right, and, and the, but what people have to remember is when it comes to engineering this whole thing together and, and piecing together stakeholder engagement and communicating with people and advocating outside of your own little echo chamber, um, we gotta remember a couple of things. One, it's not a light switch. Right, like you can't just walk over the wall and flip it, and everything's golden and perfect. Yeah. Right, it's it, it's a it's a time commitment. But with that being said, you know, we can do a little bit of work each day, right? That adds up over time into a lot of work, right? So it's no different. We, you know, in a, like a football practice, we have individual time at practice, and we get. 10, 15 minutes of working a drill or whatever you want to call it for 10 or 15 minutes. Well, we know that the kids aren't going to be masters at that skill or at that drill in that 10 minutes, but we have indie time every day or every other day or whatever for the course of the season. We hope that over time they get better, right? It's no different than the things that we do. So maybe it's not like, all right, I got to have a meeting with all the coaches. I got to have a family, a parent and family engagement night. I have to do all this. It's maybe it's, it starts with, a newsletter, right? And mm -hmm. then maybe it starts with a, you know, a, a monthly or quarterly sit down with head coaches. Maybe it sits that maybe it starts with an email to an administrator about setting up a meeting, right? So all these little things that really don't yes. take a ton of time yeah. add up eventually. Um, and I would also warn people against, you know, maybe it's not a great idea to have all of these things. Maybe we start with family engagement, or maybe we start with coach engagement, or maybe we, if we have a gung-ho plan and we, maybe we go straight to the administrators and we're just knocking on that door until we cross that bridge and then we'll move on to the next group, you know, like, right. so we, we got to have a little bit of a plan. Um, and that just takes some, some thinking. All right. I've got, I, I'm with you. So th here's what I would say to anyone who's listening right now, just to capitalize on that. I would, because I, I totally agree. We're, we're just stacking small steps. We can't, you can't just sit back and look at the mountain and hope you get there someday. But, it, you know, a, a step a day, well, you know, you're, that's progress. So um, I, I would encourage anyone who's listening and think there's, there's validity to this, but it might also think this is, this is too much to bite off. 
um, send, send one email or make one phone call. And that's, you know, one point of contact today. And to your point, maybe that initial point of contact is just to someone who, someone else who you think might be interested in doing something like this, reaching out one email to potentially sit down together and, and start articulating a plan. So that, that could be today's step. And then maybe, you know, down the road, it's, it's one more email and then it's, and then you sit down and you put one more thing together. So, yeah. So I, I definitely encourage people to, um, if you're, if you're listening to this in the car, wait, but as soon as, as soon as you're parked, uh, do that, even send a text, but one tangible move in the direction of unifying physical education, uh, in your place to maximize, um, to maximize the potential of the space. And now that I've said that, I assume not everyone listening is in physical education. So transfer the idea to whatever realm you're in and, uh, and take one good step. I think that's good advice. Cause it, like you say, it will stack up. Right. It, it is so true because you think about it. If you have an idea that you're excited about, I'm not trying to like downplay you, but there's probably somebody else that would be excited about that same idea. Probably so. You know, and very rarely when I have conversations about this type of stuff to people, actually never, and I knock on wood, because now the next conversation I have is going to be a horrible one, but um, never did, when I explain these types of things and these thought processes and, and steps and plans, never is somebody like, nope, that's a stupid idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. You okay? Like, no, it's fine the way it is. Just leave it alone. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like people are, people are genuinely willing to or wanting to be better yeah not always willing to do what it takes to be better that takes that's a little bit of a different conversation but they genuinely want to and and so if you with that first text or that first call or email hey here's what i'm thinking what what do you think about this right like yeah. that will quickly you know snowball into something bigger right yeah. um and so i think don't be nervous so you have a good idea there's going to be other people that agree with your good idea so yeah i like it I, I like it a lot okay so speaking of good ideas can you tell about tell us about this uh, upcoming clinic is it a clinic conference how are you terming it because it's, it's the first go at it yeah it's a it's um we're, we're calling it a conference you know you you tell me i i couldn't tell you what the difference between a conference and a clinic is or a summit I, well you know I, I, mean? I, I think i might be able to tell you ready yeah please i think at least uh, NSCA, uh, National Strength and Conditioning Association, because we've hosted some things that were that qualify for some of their CEUs. I think a, uh, I think a clinic is defined as like a single stage, if that makes sense. And conferences have multiple options at the same time. I believe okay. that's one of their one of their terms. But well, hey, I'll take it. So so what we're doing is a conference. I'm not wrong. I'm, I didn't. didn't there you go. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Okay. Yeah. So that's good to know. Um, so yeah, we are kind of, we've thrown together somewhat quickly, um, but also intentionally, uh, the first ever redefined PE conference. Um, and what it is, it is a virtual experience um, that is absolutely free to anybody that wants to, wants to tag along and enjoy. Wow. Um, it's, it is a conference because we have multiple session, sessions happening at the same time at different time slots. It's April 1st and April 2nd um, from about 11.30, uh, 10.30 on Friday, 11.30 on, on Thursday, um, Mountain that, Time. 
mountain time, right? Yep, to about uh, six o'clock by the time it's all said and done uh, with different sessions going on each time. We've got, right now we have a dynamite lineup of over 20 presenters talking on close to 40 different topics. Um, and it's the, the reason we're putting this together is really everything that we've talked about today. Um, it is, I, I kind of have been tired of, of going to conferences and feeling like I'm hearing the same things over and over and over again. Um, I know that other people are feeling that same way. I know that people are, are frustrated with having to spend so much money for a virtual conference. I know that people are frustrated with not being able to go to conferences in person. Sure. Um, and so what we've tried to do is, like I said, we've made this absolutely free. Um, and we're trying to make it as much like a live in-person conference as possible, where we're not doing any pre-recorded sessions. We're not doing the webinar function. So every speaker will be able to see every participant and every participant will be able to see everybody else. Um, and we're encouraging all of the, the speakers and, and um, participants to unmute themselves and um, turn their cameras on to ask questions and to collaborate mm -hmm. and talk. Uh, we don't, we haven't capped any of the time. So if a conversation is going really well after a session, that session can just continue on and conversation can happen. We're not kicking anybody out of a Zoom link. We're not kicking it or it's just go and learn and be better. Yeah. And when you when you see the the lineup um, and you know you can check us out on social media and see all this stuff when you see it we've got not just PE teachers and coaches talking at this thing we've got professors we've got business owners we've got math teachers we've got college football coaches we've got NGB uh, leaders uh, so national governing or national governing bodies leaders we've got business consultants We've got marketing consultants. We've got anything and everything that really talk about how we can move the needle, how we can learn from one another, whether it's personalized learning or creating a culture in your organization and everything mm -hmm. in between. Um, really, again, trying to bridge those gaps, challenge the traditional narrative of, of PE, develop culture and character, um, and really talk about some you know, specific exercise physiology stuff, some sport performance and athletic development and all of these things. Um, so it's, we're, we're, we're dynamite. We're really, really excited about it. Um, registration's been open for about a week now and we're, we're in the triple digits with registrants already. So that's, that's really great. Um, well, I, I think, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, I'm good. I'm, that's it. <laughs> well, I was to say, I, I think everyone needs to, to sign up. I like, why, why would you not? Why would you not? So, uh, you you check the first two boxes. You don't want to hear the same thing. Okay, well, we're redefining PE is is the heart of the, of the conference. So, hope people show up for that. Um, it, it's free. That like why would you not show up? And and you just mentioned something that reminds me because I sort of um, you know I'm getting nostalgic for the days where we could go to conferences and be with people and really share ideas in a more or what felt like a more organic way. Um, you're talking about by not having the hard cap on the Zoom. That reminds me of just hanging out in the hallway for a few minutes afterwards and asking some questions about, you know, okay, how do we do this at my school? You can start to get into the the, the nitty gritty of that. I think I think people need to go. Uh, okay, so say they want to. How do they find you? How do they find the registration links? How do they do all that? So you can check us out at uh, on Twitter, Facebook, um, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn. We're we're 
Athlos, at Athlos, A-T-H-L-O-S, MAC, M-A-C. So that's the Athlos Movement and Character Program. Mm. Uh, we've got everything. We're sharing stuff out on a regular basis there. You can uh, find it uh, on athlos.org. There's a, a button in the upper right that takes you to the events calendar, and you can register there. Um, and it's it's really great. Like the, the registration form is, is pretty simple. Um, just ask you basic basic information. Then once you hit submit, you get this the calendar, the schedule, the lineup itself, and with all the links to the different sessions. Click on the link, and you get a calendar invite, and you're there, and you're and you're golden. And and you're and you're exactly right when it comes to those kind of conversations after the sessions. Like, don't get me wrong, I love the sessions and I love learning. You know, I'm a little yeah, bit nerdy too. when it comes to that stuff, but some of the best parts of conferences are those five or 10 minutes in the hallway that you have talking, even if it's not with the presenter, you know, even if it's with a a participant. Um, So really trying to allow for those kind of organic conversations to happen um, is, is what we're going for. And we really just want everybody to enjoy themselves. We're going to have a panel discussion at the end of each day where we got a, a couple of, of, presenters and people that aren't presenting that are that are thought leaders and thought doers in in this space that are coming on and we're just going to ask some questions you know we're kind of just talking shop just enjoying the end of the day you know thursday friday five o'clock just whatever you want to do and relax and and enjoy so we're we're really excited about it we like i said we did it intentionally with this we released the register we opened up registration uh the first of march or no excuse me the ninth of march um and the conference is the first of april we we didn't want to do this whole like hey let's get excited for the conference and then wait wait three months and then have the conference it's just like let's just ride this wave like let's let's go and if we're talking about redefining pe and moving the needle well then why do it the same way that it's always been done let's just let's just rock and roll so I'm with you, man. So I, I agree. I'm I'm really excited for it personally. I think it's going to be a blast. Um, Redefine physical education conference. Athlos, uh, athlos.org is where they find you. Say it again. What Athlos MAC? What is that again? Yep, Athlos MAC. So it's the Athlos Movement and Character Program. Movement and Character. I love it. Uh, and what about you? Are, are you mostly? How do people find you directly? So you can find me directly. I'm uh, my email is pretty. I'm pretty quick on email. Uh, that's mjennings at athlos.org. Um, my Twitter is where I spend uh, most of my time when it comes to professional stuff. Uh, that's my from my my Twitter handle is from my nephew who gave me this really fun nickname, uh, the Schmike. That's T H E S C H M I K E. So shout out to my little nephew, Ben. Thank you very much for that sticking. Um, and I just, I, I'm not one to run away from, you know, I'm not going to make it like this whole, hey, you know, at Michael Jennings type thing. It's, it is, you you get what you get with me. I'm not going to shoot or anything. Your Uncle Schmike, and that's, and to Ben at least. And that's, <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love it. All right. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you for so many things. Thanks for doing this. Thanks for our conversation. Thanks for hosting this event, which I think is, is as we talked about in our last conversation, just it's so meaningful and it aligns with with a lot of the way that we try to operate and see things. And, and um, yeah, I think to anyone who, uh, you, you know, we mentioned a, sort of a call to action 
sending a text or an email or something like that, maybe that maybe that one step in the right direction for today is to go to athlos.org, uh, go to the events tab and uh, and sign up for this free conference. I don't, you're not going to regret it. So, Mike, thanks so much for everything, man. I'm sure this is not the last conversation you and I will have, but um, uh, yeah, best of luck and we will talk soon. All right. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me on. It's been awesome. Do you need business cards? Do you need flyers, posters, custom thank you notes, or any sort of stationery to take your business to the next level? If so, then you've got to see the good people at Mighty Printing. They've got two locations. One of them's up north in Glencoe, Illinois. The other is right in the heart of Chicago on 180 West Washington Street. They do most of the printing for the Good Athlete Project, and we just could not do our business without them. They've also worked with teams like the Chicago Bulls and the Chicago Blackhawks. They've worked with Let Us Entertain You Restaurant Group. They do holiday cards. They do wedding cards. They help you. They help you not only celebrate special occasions, but make them that much more special. And like I said, if you are a small business owner or a large business owner, they will give you the sort of personalized service combined with incredibly high quality goods. You just can't find that combo, honestly, anywhere else. Find them online at mightyprint.com. That's M-I-T-E print, P-R-I-N-T dot com. And on Instagram, same thing, at mightyprint, M-I-T-E print. And tell them the Good Athlete Project sent you.